Welcome to Your Shelf. Or mine. Or mine. I'm Becky Standle, Youth Services Librarian at the Longview Public Library. And I'm Robert Mumford. I'm Gary Schmauter. Welcome to the podcast and thank you for coming on. This is a centennial episode of our podcast and we are talking to you guys because you were the first gay couple to be married in Cowlitz County on what was the date of that? It was December 9th, 2012. Wonderful. Um, So could you just give us like a little introduction about yourselves and your relationship? So you bet. I was married for many years, uh, over 30 years, before I finally had the courage to come out. And uh, my ex-wife and I had some discussions, et cetera, and finally decided that we both were going to just need to do what we needed to do. And uh, so it was shortly after that I attended a church because for me church was very, very important. And I found a church down in Portland that was affirming of LGBTQ folks. So I started attending that church, and this was shortly after 2001, and attended there for a year when Gary showed up in the congregation. I didn't know that he had already been a member of the church, but I was making sure that people felt welcomed and felt a part of the church. And so I saw him and my heart started pounding and it was an immediate, uh, some enchanted evening, but it was in the morning (laughs) at church (laughs) on top of it all. And so that's kind of the beginning of our relationship. And then uh, shortly thereafter, we moved in together and started our Uh, long-term relationship. So Robert, had you grown up in Longview and lived in Longview? No, I grew up in Portland, Oregon. Mm -hmm. Um, I moved here in 1988. I was a professional social worker here in in Longview. Had been in Idaho before that as a social worker, but moved here because of professional opportunities and and really like Longview. I love the fact that it's a small town. I go back to my hometown in Portland, and I just think it's crazy. It's too (laughs) much traffic, too many people. And so I like the rural, more rural feel of Longview. And so I was happy here for the most part. I ended up with five children, by the way. I'll just tell you that I always kind of joke about that and say I really tried hard to be straight, and it didn't work. (laughs) So yes. And when did you move to Longview? I uh, originally came in 1979. I worked for the government. But when the mountain blew up in 80, Mm -hmm. I said, I'm going back east where the land stays put. (laughs) And I grew up in eastern Washington. And Robert's going to be 75 this summer, and I'm 69. And I have to say, when we grew up, being gay was something you really kept private. And I even felt that way through college. I don't even remember getting involved through college. So I'm amazed nowadays how at ease everyone is, and it's a wonderful thing that way. But I did come back in um, about 2002 to Portland, 
And again, we met at the Metropolitan Community Church in Portland, which is uh, GLBT, pretty much the base, as mm -hmm. though we had Jewish people, anybody that really kind of felt they were not really welcome at their, mm -hmm. their church. And I just want to say, as time has gone by, the MCC has kind of outlived its uh, purpose because it was a place, kind of a haven. And now it seems like so many of the churches, a lot of them are very <laughs> welcoming. And one of my attractions to Robert was his spirituality. And mm -hmm. I just knew I wanted to be with someone who shared that with me. And, and you guys are involved in a church here now? Yes, we belong to the uh, Presbyterian Church here in town. Longview Presbyterian Church. And prior to that, actually, we came back to Longview Methodist Church. And it's kind of interesting how I found that. I was traveling back and forth so much, so involved in the church in Portland, and gas prices were going through the roof. And I was like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? So in Portland, in the gay newspaper, there was an advertisement under churches that said a Longview Methodist Church was an affirming church. And I thought, yeah, they just want more members to pay their, <laughs> pay their money. And um, when I went, though, I found that that was a really good uh, opportunity. And we attended there for a long time. And then things changed and things moved forward. And we're very happy at Longview Presbyterian Church now. And I uh, told Robert one thing that was interesting that I noticed that a lot of the churches actually had schisms just over GLBT. Mm -hmm. um, people. And the Presbyterians, I think, split in about 14 or 15. The Methodists are really struggling with it right now. They've they've kind of pulled apart. But I said it's kind of strange feeling to think who you are can cause churches to basically come apart. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, that's still ongoing in different in different churches. When you came out in Longview, did you find was there a, a queer community here? So, yes, in sort of uh, ways. Um, there was a group of gay men who would get together for a dinner evening at one of the fellows' homes, um, and we would kind of have a potluck thing and get together that way. I don't know that it was a broad-based thing at all at that point in time, but as I got stronger about being out, and actually it's kind of ironic when I first came out, I felt a little bit of guilt over not being an advocate. It mm. was just not going to be in my life. And I finally realized, no, that's just not my personality. My my personality is not that confrontive kind of a person. And so it took me coming out later. And I, I feel like now I don't feel guilty because it's my role to be more of a gentle type. Mm -hmm. uh, hopefully, <laughs> most of the time. Um, but I became a big advocate, and so I got to know a lot of the resources and so forth. And the resources have been pretty fluid. There will be resources happen. We've sometimes had a gay pride celebration, mm -hmm. usually kind of tied to the college, interestingly enough. And uh, they would put on a gay pride celebration, and we tried to make that more community-oriented. And it kind of had its ups and downs. But I took on a lot of the role of being an advocate. I was part of a number of town halls when the gay marriage issue mm -hmm. was coming up in the state of Washington and pushing to make sure that happened. And to be frank, I didn't really think about it for myself. I figured I had had a marriage, and it was more about the rights of people to be who they are and have all the rights that, that they deserve, the legal rights that people get through marriage. But Gary found a way to make me 
get make my proof in the pudding, I guess. <laughs> you want to tell us tell about that, yeah. Gary? Okay, here's what really happened. <laughs> <laughs> One uh, Sunday in October in, two, in yeah, 2002, we attended Metropolitan Community Church in Portland, and I remember sitting kind of by myself in one pew, and Robert was up in the choir loft with a robe on. Anyway, I'm sitting there, and though he'll tell you he just wanted to greet people mm-hmm. and make them comfortable, I uh, okay, I told okay. him, uh, <laughs> anyway, he, he came up to me, and uh, I said he came over the pews like Jesse Owens over the uh, hurdles in <laughs> Berlin in 36. So, uh it was it was a place uh, at one time very a very strong knitted group because it was kind of a us against them it was kind of our little Alamo mm-hmm. and our place where we could kind of feel safe and because of the unity everybody was in the same boat and so um, Metropolitan Community Church sold their church here a couple years ago and I said Robert we've got to go down I didn't want to go on the last Sunday but we went to the second last and I felt for me it was um, a really hard loss because I had really gone there off and on since the 80s mm-hmm. I was surprised how emotional I felt to think that that section of our life or that part of mm-hmm. being in the GLBT community had had closed. Yeah. So what I wanted you to talk about, Gary, is why you proposed to me. <laughs> but I like this like love at first sight story. <laughs> yes. <okay. laughs> I don't know. I had a moment of, uh, I don't know what that I, yeah, I did ask Robert to marry me. And uh, again, also, I would never have thought in my life that people could of the same gender end up married. You know, that never crossed my mind. Things unfolded so quickly after being so uh, confined all those years. Mm -hmm. Uh, I remember uh, you always think kids in high school are kind of cruel to each other. Where I grew up, gayness was never mentioned, you know. And in college, again, I think they they had a a place where people could get together, but they'd put posters on telephone poles, you know, saying we're going to meet. And I'd kind of glance at them, but Mm -hmm. would never have thought of attending it because so much of our life was spent hiding, I think. And it amazes me how at ease things are now. And younger people kind of look at us or... Actually, younger people don't really know the history yeah. of how at one time you'd lose your job, uh, community would uh, shun you. It's just, that's what amazes me. So obviously, Gary is not going to tell the story of when he proposed to me. I was a little <laughs> bit in shock. I, I wasn't sure. And he said to me, he said, Robert, you have spent months and months advocating for the right to marry. Now put your, put your money where, your, money mouth where your mouth is, yes. How long had you guys been together by that point? At ten, 10 years. 10 years. Yeah, pretty close to 10 years, yeah. Actually, it was 10 years exactly when we got uh, pretty close uh, when we got married that we had been together 10 years. We had had a commitment ceremony before. We felt it was important to at least have this feeling that we were married within our hearts and mm-hmm. even though we never thought that it would be legal and so um we had a commitment ceremony at the Monticello hotel back then and uh then it turned out it became legal and we said wait a minute we we got an opportunity that we never thought would happen before well and our minister was very apprehensive thinking you know they were defrocking ministers for for doing mm-hmm. this so we had a a lady we knew who 
said, I'll do it. And uh, we had about 85 people in the fireside room at the Monticello Hotel. And our minister was a young man. And he said, actually, he says, there's more people at your wedding today or your union today than were at church. Uh, <laughs> so I thought we had a very good supportive community. Yeah. And when I felt when the church supported us, to me, that was pretty central. Mm-hmm. And again, we belong to a very supportive church and Makes you feel good. So then when it became legal, that's what happened is we decided we would take advantage of that as soon as possible. We were not the first couple to get a license because mm-hmm. uh, Gary had decided he wanted to make sure we got our license in his home county. He wanted to make the point in his home county that gay people do grow up in that mm-hmm. community. It's a very small community. And so many people do come from... What county is that? Lincoln. Lincoln, uh, next to Spokane County. And I think people don't realize you think of GLBT as just city dwellers. Mm -hmm. And I probably know predominantly rural people more than urban people. And um, so, yeah, we... uh, Robert couldn't go to Lincoln County. He had an eye operation and they put a bubble in your eye and he couldn't go above 2,000 feet elevation. Well, my hometown was higher than that. So we signed papers, had his signature notarized and I went there and I had worked in the courthouse for about 10 years and uh, very supportive by everybody I knew. And what was kind of funny is our little paper, one section tells everything that happened at the courthouse, weddings and things like that. Well, it was, that was the only place it showed up in the paper. But I told Robert I knew it was the subject at the bakery. Mm-hmm. So uh, they weren't going to make anything out of it because, again, it was first gay marriage and license issued mm-hmm. in that county. So I, I just wanted to go home and, and, you know, have that license from there, even though the wedding was here in Cowlitz. I think that, that being the first is kind of interesting. Was there like a... I don't know, like, I don't want to say like a rush, but like several people who are kind of like aiming to be one of the first. As far as the licensing, mm-hmm. certainly not native people from where I came from, mm-hmm. but I think one couple came from Spokane County and you never know um, the motivation, but I got there early thinking I want to be first uh-huh. and the auditor, she let me, she says, okay, you're going to be first. And I think later in the afternoon, one more couple came. But I think following that, more came. But like Seattle, they had like 450 people waiting. We were at not midnight. the first couple married in the state of Washington, mm-hmm. only in Cowlitz County. Yeah. And I think a lot of that is because we felt that was important to do the way we wanted to do it. Mm -hmm. A lot of people got married in front of the courthouses, et cetera, right after midnight, immediately after midnight. And for us, at least, it felt that, no, we want it to be a significant thing. And because we're both spiritual people, we felt like we wanted church, which has an interesting story as well, Mm because I knew the gal who was uh, one of the reporters with the Daily News quite well through all the advocacy I'd done. And she called me up one day and said, Robert, I know you've done lots of advocacy, but the day is coming up soon that we'll have marriages. Are you aware of anyone who is going to get married on the first day? Well, I couldn't say 
that we knew we were going to get married because we were going to get married in the Longview United Methodist Church. And I didn't want the newspaper to do an article without the church agreeing mm-hmm. to be in that article. And it was a good thing because it turned out to be front page news. So anyway, I told her, I said, well, yeah, I know a couple that might get married and I'm not sure, but it might be okay. And she said, well, can you talk to them and then let me know how I can reach them? And so a little while later, I called her back and I said, okay, it looks like you've got a couple that's willing Uh to do that. I kept talking third person. Uh And she said, well, can you tell me their names? And I said, you're talking to him. And she she said, oh, you turkey. Anyway, and she said, I knew, I kind of felt like this is a facade here. And I said, well, I had to do it. (laughs) Anyway, so yes, we were married in the Longview Methodist Church on a Sunday. The first Sunday. uh, The first Sunday that was available to do that. And as a result, we're the first marriage in Cowlitz County because no one had gone to the courthouse to do that Mm -hmm. or those sorts of things like at midnight. And so it's more just what happened rather than our intention to be the first. Mm -hmm. But it did turn out to be front page news, which was interesting. I think generally people were okay generally with it. And the response letters to the editor, there was one negative, but Mm. most of that was reasonably good. And I think Gary even had an experience with Somebody who was walking down the street in long, downtown Longview said, oh, are you the guy that's in the front page of the newspaper or something? I think we were very apprehensive of how the community sure. would react. Mm-hmm. And it was surprising for me that the comments were encouraging and supportive because I didn't expect that. The first day you could get legally married in Washington was December the 9th, which was the day we got married. But in Washington, of course, you have to have, I think, three days, get the license three days, so Mm -hmm. three days before I popped into my county and got that, yeah. So was the reporter at your wedding? Oh, yes, and the photographers and everything, oh, yes. In fact, it's kind of funny, the reporter now is in Olympia, she works in a different job now, but she'll, on our anniversaries, she sends us a new picture of things that weren't necessarily published, but she'll send one down, say, just celebrating the opportunity, so it's... It's a good memory, wonderful memory. Your actual ceremony, what was that like? You said it was like important for you to have it in the church. Were there like traditional elements that you wanted or or things you wanted different? It, it was fairly traditional, but I always said to Robert, we had a cute flower girl and a cute ring bearer, mm-hmm. and that made the whole ceremony because uh, something like that, it gives you this commonality with everyone and uh, yeah, I think it was a joyous celebration. I did, I did get up the week uh, before or two, and I told everyone this marriage would be going on, and it was going to be after, right after church. So I said, you know, you've got five minutes, get to the bathroom, but we want you back. <laughs> and so we had a captive audience, but everybody, I think, shared in our joy. And uh, we were so happy, I think, for us that we had that ceremony to share with the people we cared about. Mm -hmm. I I think the other thing for me was, even though it had its traditional elements in uh, terms of Protestant world, I didn't grow up in that Protestant world, but at any rate, for me, it was such a huge relief that I was finally open to who I really was, that it 
it was difficult because it was difficult because I was tending to bawl mm -hmm. through the whole ceremony. And they were tears of joy, yes. But it was like I I sang a solo for the ceremony. So I was like, I got to stop crying. I won't be able to get this out. <laughs> but yeah, it was uh, one of those days that you just can't help but cry happy tears. Mm -hmm. Do you guys know what the second wedding in Cowlitz County was? We had uh, two sets of ladies in our church, and one set was the first to get the license, and, and they were on the front page for that. But uh, it was interesting to see the different wedding ceremonies. Ours was pretty traditional. Um, some had a little more humor in them, but for the most part... Um, those were the two first couples that came after us, uh, and it's because they were in a accepting church that was really, really supportive. And they didn't necessarily do a church wedding. Mm -hmm. I mean, they did their their way, and that's what needs to happen. But, but these people. two other couples were their ceremonies that's were right. yeah, at, that's at true. the church. Yes. So the first three all in that same church. Right. Uh -huh. Wow. Right. As well, far it, as I know, maybe there's others that did a little <laughs> private ceremony and nobody ever knew. I yeah. don't know. Did you guys do anything um, for your tenure to mark the 10-year anniversary this past December? Well, we did get up in church and say it had been. Actually, we went to the Methodist church. We uh -huh. went back, and uh, when we, we said it had been 10 years, they kind of gasped because most of them had gone to the ceremony and couldn't believe that yeah. 10 years had passed. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't think we made a big special thing. We uh, went out to dinner and things like that, but, but we didn't go on a big trip or that kind of thing. We have a tradition uh, in our relationship that in October we go uh, up into Canada, the hot springs. It's just a very relaxing trip. And so I suppose I kind of saw that as our annual celebration, mm -hmm. pre-celebration to December. <laughs> So. Did you get any interest from other like media outlets other than the Daily News? No, I don't think so. No. It was interesting, though. I'll have to share this. Is before I was able to tell the reporter that it was okay, I had gone back to the church because mm -hmm. there was still the issue at that church that they could have been disciplined just like when we had done our commitment ceremony. Mm -hmm. But at that point, things had changed enough that it was highly unlikely that the pastor then would have been disciplined uh, in the church because of the Northwest District. The area around us was pretty supportive, even though the denomination was not. And on top of that, the pastor of the time at that time was a fellow who absolutely was 100% behind the cause and the reasons for it, etc., and so the church took it to their council, and they all voted absolutely. We're gonna, we're gonna do this. And so it was so nice to get that kind of support as well. And that's something I noticed that the support seemed to come from grassroots up. Mm -hmm. At the top, they drug their feet, still drag their feet. But I noticed more and more um, religious leaders are um, saying to heck with Rome, and we're gonna do it at our level. So mm -hmm. I think it just kind of goes from bottom up and. Uh, for the most part, we're still very aware of some of the adversarial things, yes. Yeah, I think it's been, yeah, I guess the whole the whole history is kind of full of, like, ups and downs. 
Do you guys have any reflections on like the past 10 years and gay rights and and what's changed for better or worse? Well, I will say that I think generally it's exactly what you said. It's been an up and down thing, but generally speaking for many years it was in a positive direction. Lately, I feel and I I think we tend to agree on this is that it's going backwards. Um, nationally especially it's feeling like people are wanting to say no we want it the old way we want to live the way it was and what they don't realize is no I don't want to live the way it was Mm -hmm. that is not okay I appreciate the rights and I'm glad if a church doesn't want to perform a gay marriage so be it and that's fine but legal marriage and I often said back when I was advocating for gay marriage, I, the legal gay marriage part, I often said, fine, make marriage be a legal term mm-hmm. or a, a religious term, and then you can say some other word for, the, for either one. I don't care. Marriage has probably been the one that would be religious, but then make a, a certificate of relationship or whatever you want to call it, but give people the same rights. Mm-hmm. Don't deny people rights that should be theirs and just because they aren't who you are does not deserve denial. Mm-hmm. I think um, one of the reasons initially uh, domestic partnership went through is uh, there was like a coattail following of people that I'll say were older and uh, didn't want to go through their finances would be messed up if they got uh, married. Isn't that right? And so there were people other than GLT mm-hmm. people that were encouraging to have. Well, older people often have a struggle about that. That has to do with civil commitments because if they get married, they lose some of the benefits of the previous relationship. Yeah, especially if they're like yeah, widowed. Ret- or... Retirement, the, mm-hmm. those sorts of things. And so I think that was, like Gary says, the, the first push that started pushing that. But I think it then went beyond. And I would just want to say, I think, I'll just say the last 10, 15 years, society has kind of been held in place as far as I feel really coming down on GLBT people. Society has kind of kept, their thoughts haven't changed. And I'm thinking now the way the country is, people feel more at ease, almost encouraged as far as those that don't agree to speak their piece. Mm-hmm. And we've all often spoke how we feel like that band-aid of civility has come off. And uh, I, I, we're just getting a society that's more angry and less tolerant. So in that sense, I agree with Robert, we are truly now. And uh, more and more of what we see in government nationwide and in the states, it's, it's very concerning because I think it could snowball and so I feel less uh, assured than I did not too many years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, too, like at the same time, you'll have kids like teenagers or college kids who most of their lives have had marriage equality and kind of grown up like a little bit of a different culture of acceptance. And I wonder if that's kind of why that backlash is happening now. I think it's possible. However, I think looking at the longer history of LGBTQ rights, et cetera, uh, it, it's, it's a little bit 
unusual to think of it that way because I think what has helped those rights more than anything is the fact that when Gary and I were young, it was closeted, it was quiet, mm -hmm. it, you didn't say anything. And the, I saw them, more people said, we're done with that, we're gonna come out and we're, and the beginning of it was to come out in a rather brash way or uh, that kind of thing, that's not built into my personality, but it's it was the beginning, an opening of the door, and which then encouraged people like me to say, I've tried and tried and tried to change and it don't change. I, mm -hmm. I am who I am and and it's just as much of who I am as what's in my brain or what's my how my eyes work or my, how my heart pumps. It's, or, it's part of you, it's not think, all of you. Mm -hmm. And yeah. uh, people tend to think that's all you're focused on and I think it's so parallel. I've always said to the straight world, you know, it's just, it's not this perpetual, ongoing, mm -hmm. complete obsession. It's like in meeting Robert, I have to say the things that attracted me uh, to Robert at my age, his spirituality, I think a lot of things that drew me were not what you would traditionally just base it on as this sexual, mm -hmm. you know, that's part. But it's just like the straight world. Many things attract people to someone else. And I, I think, too, the other thing I think it's important to say here is just like straight relationships, what attracts you to a person, what begins a relationship, all of those things are very much the same. It's just that it's not a straight relationship. And on top of that, I think that people don't realize that relationships like Gary's and mine, and I think most uh, marriages that are gay marriages, mm -hmm. they have their ups and downs. We've had times Absolutely. we're like, this ain't working. We're, <laughs> we're, hey, wait a minute. You know, there's conflict. There's ups and downs. And there's times probably Gary says, I'm out of here, <laughs> whatever. But, but I also say being older, I think you maybe give it, uh, more of a chance. When you're younger and independent, it's easy, mm -hmm. just as in the straight world, to say this isn't working. But I've always said about a relationship, if you can keep a line of communications and find some humor, that has done more for us. I'm just saying our relationship. So yeah, it's very not all that much different from a regular straight marriage. Have you found having that attention on your wedding that your relationship is more public or do you feel like it was like a, a moment that's kind of preceded? Oh, I think it's more public. And I mm -hmm. I will be frank to tell you that probably it's not a bad thing because mm -hmm. for us in our ups and downs, et cetera, when things are not working real well, it, it kind of becomes a little bit of public pressure. And maybe mm -hmm. that's not right. I, You know, I've wondered about that. But mm -hmm. there's a little bit like, no. I got to hang in here. Mm -hmm. But you know, if that's what it is, that is what it is. And I'm thankful for it because it makes us, like Gary was saying, hang in there through the rough times and pull out the... Well, and, you know, when you make all this noise that you want to have gay marriage, <laughs> uh, it is, it's a supportive thing because there's times that, yeah, we're not thrilled all the time with each other, you know? And it's just one more leg of support to me to think, you know what, we're going to stick with this because I'm not going to let the straight world think, well, <laughs> you know, 
look at them. We give them that, and they, they won't even hold together. Mm-hmm. And again, I think part of the things that also supported us was our age, because you've had yeah. enough of your life go by, at least for me, that I really value having the chance to have this relationship. Mm-hmm. Any marriage advice? So I'm getting married later this year. Oh, <laughs> we, we should sit down for about an hour with you. Just know that it's not perfect. Mm-hmm. People go into marriage thinking, oh, this is going to be wonderful. I'll have a companion for my life and da-da-da. Well, yeah, it's a special person. There's no question about that. It's such a special a relationship in so many ways, but it's not all about the intimate. It's about that giving each other feedback, of trying to resolve issues. It's such a great practice in a private way of how to solve bigger problems mm-hmm. outside of the marriage too. And that's what we have to keep remembering is it's about trying to work it out. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes you have to come to the reality that it's just not working and we have to find a different path for our lives, and we do change through our lives, but I still think we make our very, very best effort and don't give up just because things look like they're going south on you mm-hmm. once in a while because they will, and the finances will be trouble. And Well, we know with, through marriage counseling that there are basic things that are going to cause problems in a marriage, and mm-hmm. finances are right up there. So, But I would say take your time, get to know the person, Finding someone who has a lot in commonality in in how you think about different things. I'll just say this. The uh, amorous part of it becomes not necessarily as important as you build these other commonalities with another person around it. And um, I would say, again, there are times, like we said over these years, like any couple, we don't agree on everything. But I do believe with each one of those little battles, if you push through and get through it, I think the relationship feels so much more strengthened. Mm-hmm. So we tend to think that arguments or things are are so detrimental, but if you push through them, like I say, keep a sense of humor, keep a line of communications going, after they're over, you go, you really do, there's this, I'm so glad to, and appreciative to be in this relationship. Yeah. Have you guys found yourself in kind of like mentoring roles to younger people? Yes, um, particularly, I think, just because of my background, I think I particularly kind of end up with that. There have been people come to me and just say, I don't know what to do here and, and struggle with that. Uh, there, there are plenty of mentors, though, in our community. Mm-hmm. We have some good people. And I can be a mentor for a lot of the bigger population, LGBTQIA2, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, we get crazy with all the letters, okay? <laughs> so it's been interesting because I don't know that much about some of those parts, mm-hmm. and so I have to listen to them and then try to help them through relationships or whatever kind of thing, or particularly about community. It's The mentoring has often been about I, I don't feel very accepted here. I don't know. I just want to, I just, I'm just going to move to Portland mm-hmm. where there's a bigger population. And yes, there's a bigger population, but percentage wise, there's not a bigger prep, a population. If you look at the percentage, it's just more visible, maybe. So I sometimes get a little frustrated by this tendency to just move to a metropolitan because it's, quote, easier. Because it isn't. I have. Mm-hmm. 
I have people who uh, talk to me about having lived in Portland and felt discriminated against. And so it's still very real no matter where we are. And you talk about mentoring. You know, we, we can be grandfathers to younger people. And I think just like <coughs> we would talk to our own grandparents, there's just a little bit of built-in belief that the advice they give us is going to be different than if we talk to a peer. Mm-hmm. Not always really accepted, though. <laughs> <laughs> they said, well, you don't understand. And they're right. (laughs) I think that kind of rural or suburban versus urban thing is really interesting. So I like work with youth. And so I'm always thinking like how important that is for kids. So important for kids to see like people like them in the community and to know that they have like imagine a future for themselves where they are. And I agree wholeheartedly with that. And I've made that point in a variety of situations is that people who truly identify in any of these populations are so vulnerable to life-threatening, particularly suicide. The Mm -hmm. suicide rate of our population is much higher, especially in youth. Um, They're struggling to figure out life. They do not need to have to figure out how come I can be straight when I'm not. Mm -hmm. And it's a hard thing. I've talked to kids and it's a really hard thing to sometimes figure out, is this a real feeling or is this just puberty? Mm-hmm. Is this, you know, what is this? And they need a lot of help with that, but they don't need to be told they have to be straight. Mm-hmm. Well, and I just want to say right now in our country, the trans world is, is what's focused on. And I've almost told Robert, sometimes I feel in some ways that we are certainly... At this point, it, it seems more accepted, The just like our relationship, mm-hmm. and, and we know trans people, and uh, it's just uh, the focus on them is pretty heavy right now, and I think that they have even a, a harder struggle in some ways than we have had. In some ways, I feel like they're like 10 years behind where we've been mm-hmm. in terms of our progress, and that's unfortunate. Um, and. I got that it's a difficult decision process for these folks, but it was a difficult process for us as well. Mm -hmm. And like I just said, even for teenagers now, Mm -hmm. deciding sexuality is, is what they have to work with and they need support in that. I don't care whether it's straight or whether it's gay. I don't care. It's, they need support from parents. They need support from teachers. They need support from all of our systems to help them through that to whatever finally ends up real for them. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Do you guys have any other thoughts? Well, I'd just say I think my life has been better to have had the chance to be married. Yeah. And I lived like 50 years by myself. And when you're not in, I'll just say that marriage relationship, you haven't had that experience. So for me, I didn't know what I was missing. And again, there's so much involved. Like for us, all you have the addition of, you know, there's somebody backing you, you're there backing mm-hmm. them. It's just, uh, I think it's enriched my life and I'm glad that I had the chance to be able to be married. And I would agree with that wholeheartedly, but I would add something else. If 
when I was young, it would have been the way it is now, being much more open to the possibilities. And I don't know that that would have been any different in my life, or sure not. I mean, it's like trying to figure out the future in mm -hmm. the past. I don't know. Uh, it is what happened. But I often, because of my religious background, very strong religious background, often struggled massively with my own feelings. And this is how, and I've stated this recently in a protest that I organized, that what happens in religions and happened throughout most of my life was like slapping an extra sin on me for just who I was. Mm -hmm. Not for any actions or anything else. It was I constantly felt a guilt that straight people don't have to deal with. They mm -hmm. get married and they're okay. But I didn't have that option. So I, I don't want churches to tell me that I carry around with me and I can't do anything about it. Mm -hmm. They believe I can, but I tried, like I told my kids, I, I tried for 30 some odd years of my marriage to change and went through therapy and all the stuff. Mm -hmm. No, it doesn't change because it's not something for me that's mm -hmm. anything but built in. So don't put me in a position of being less than by who I am in a religion or or in people's real lives. Mm -hmm. I don't care. Or in our policies. Uh, yes, or in our policies, yeah. yes. And I encourage him on a daily basis to continue the therapy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, Gary. I'm an old social worker. Sometimes I feel like I'm doing therapy for you. No, not really. I, I actually, I tell him often, I say, I am not your social worker. No, not doing it. I'm mad. <laughs> so right now we are like celebrating Longview's 100 year history. And I was wondering if you guys could think of what you hope for our city's next 100 years. Is this in concern to the GLBT or just anything? Anything. I would say that I hope this community doesn't turn into what I grew up at uh, Portland became, uh, crazy traffic and all mm -hmm. kinds of those kinds of things to deal with. I love living in a community that's more low-key, that's not driven by needing to have more money for taxes, et cetera, et cetera. And I, it's nice taxes support things, of course. But I, I don't need big city life. When I grew up in Portland, I lived out in more of a rural area. And mm -hmm. so I, I never fit in very well when I go to Portland. <laughs> but I, I want that for this community. But honestly, I want people in this community to treat everyone equally. And I, I get involved not just in discrimination over LGBTQ folks. I get involved over racial justice, uh, Native American issues, um, those sorts of things as much as I can. I'm not black and I'm not Native American, but I listen to people. And, and I guess that's what it takes. I hope we stop fighting with each other and start listening to each other and asking questions. And I'm trying to improve even on that one. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I think that Longview is a wonderful city. It's, it has many 
not only uh, wonderful attributes, the way it's uh, set up, Lake Sacagawea, all these nice things that we enjoy. And I just hope that what is great continues. Do you guys have anything else you want to add about about your wedding day or kind of like that moment in 2012? 2012, yeah. 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 So I just want to add that I appreciate you doing this podcast to celebrate the 100 years of this town and important events uh, that kind of should mark this town about what we are, who we are, what we're doing, and why we're doing it, et cetera, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. And it kind of surprised me that our event even came up. Sure. I didn't know you would call and <laughs> you would connect with me and say, hey, you want to do this podcast? I thought, well, how's that related to the 100th? Then I started thinking about it. I thought, no, that was a historic event. Mm-hmm. So I, I truly appreciate that. Thank you. And we wish you the very best, Becky. And absolutely, Thank I, you. I think, and I believe and wish for you what we've had. And it is like any relationship; it's what you make of it. Uh-huh. Um, but I think, in the in all in all, you're going to be happy that you entered into this mm-hmm. in your life, and it's a very fulfilling part, I think, of people's lives. So, best wishes. Thank you. Yep. And another question: I'm just thinking of more and more. <laughs> Is if you got if you had advice for for people who are interested in becoming like more activists like you have been or allies or involved in in mentoring or helping other people, what how would you advise people to do that? So there are a variety of organizations. There's an organization called Reigns. They have a, a facility out. Uh, on Baker's Corner area, and you can connect with them. They probably need a lot of support right now, that kind of thing. There is a diversity group. It's broader than just uh, gay issues. Um, Actually, what's funny, and I'll just throw this in because I was just thinking, when I was younger, to say queer was a derogatory Mm -hmm. term. And now the it's changed, and so we're starting, and maybe we'll lose all these letters, I don't mm-hmm. know, but it's starting to change that maybe that term is the broader mm-hmm. look at that. And so it's, but it's not just about that population at the college, it's also all the diversity that goes on. Those are kind of support, um, but that's a mixed group. Finding a church to be a part of that, we have about uh, six churches in town that are pretty supportive in various ways and really try to move forward with that. The other thing that uh, is very good for allies is PFLAG. We do have a very small PFLAG organization here in town, and PFLAG stands for Parents, Families, and... Now I forget what the... I think it's Parents and Friends? Parents and Friends of Family, yeah. Of lesbian gays. gays, yeah. Uh, yeah, thank you. <laughs> My brain went blank. I'm getting old. <laughs> um, but at any rate... Um, Already there. <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> so anyway, um, that's a really great organization to tie into. There is a Facebook group called Rain's Community. It's a private group, so you can ask to join that. And so there's that kind of thing. If anybody wanted to create some other organization, we're open to that, and I'd be glad to help in any way I can, but we have a number of people who are very good at helping organize something that people feel is missing. Mm -hmm. 
And I would add the proximity to the Portland. For us to find a church, we went to Portland, but I think there's certainly a broader offering. And so it's nice to have our local things. And I wouldn't exclude the the more urban Mm -hmm. opportunities to find even more specific interests. Lots of opportunity. I happen to be out on Facebook, and I'm glad if people wanted to communicate with me in any way. Just ask somebody. They'll know a phone number. They'll know uh-huh. an email address. So That's great. Thank you. Thank you to you, too. And thanks, everybody, for listening to your show. Or mine. Or mine. I'm Becky. I'm Robert. I'm Gary. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Support for Your Shelf or Mine comes from the friends of the Longview Public Library, the Longview Library Foundation, and listeners like you. Your Shelf or Mine jingle is written and performed by Megan McKeldery from A Song for You. Find Megan online at ReverbNation.com slash Megan McKeldery. That's M-E-A-G-H-A-N-M-C-E-L-D-E-R-R-Y. ReverbNation.com slash Megan McKeldery.